I read a book, everybody. Oh, are we doing the book episode? Oh, are we not? <laughs> no, we can't. Uh, I mean, I'd rather watch TV. Yeah, let's do the movie episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I read a book, you guys, and I'll tell you about it later. This is an incredible teaser for upcoming content. <laughs> yeah. Um, if we're you'd so like to, good at this. If you'd like to know what we're going to be talking about, uh, read The Sirens of Titan by uh, Kurt Vonnegut, and then you'll know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but this is going to be much funnier because uh, this movie's awesome. I think you're going to like it. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I will. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about what happened on the last bonus content i don't i don't remember how we do bonus content intros i don't i don't know that we have a way of doing that i think we just kind of let the content flow um i really want to say that i appreciate um my own level of preparedness and professionalism that is that is evident so far in the words that I'm doing with my mouth today. Uh-huh. I'm a good Keep boy. Going, and you're, I'm, you're killing it, man. I'm, I'm a good boy and I'm doing a good job. That's all. All right. Um, we had a big, we had a, we had a windstorm yesterday and a big branch fell off a tree by our house. Didn't hit anybody's car. So we're, we get, we get about one of those every five months or so. Mm-hmm. And so far, it's never taken out anybody's car. Um, but I don't love it. But uh, the city kind of chopped it up and dragged it to the corner to pick up. And then I was like, you know what? We have a fire pit. And I have a saw. So now I have enough firewood to last me like the entire summer. Awesome. So I got that going for me. Um, yeah, I had... Uh, I was out of... Uh, I actually drove out of town for, for the day and then came back. So one, um, my dog gets very scared in storms. And so I got to come home and clean up dog poop. Sure. Two, I was driving through uh, mountain home. I had gone out to twin falls and I was on my way back and it was some of the most frightening driving conditions I've ever been in. Yeah. In that's, life. that's always a really just horrific drive for storming like because it's just pure wind out there it i drove through an apocalyptic dust storm yeah and that and that is not an exaggeration at all i i, I had to i was down to like 25 miles an hour there were tumbleweeds all over the goddamn place and it just went from you know a slightly cloudy day to looking like a a, a scene from a movie you know it was yeah. it was wild and then just some of the heaviest rain i've ever driven in in my life so that was well nice to know the earth's trying to kill us in multiple ways um, yep don't give up girl you can do it god willing um okay do you want to do you want to say anything about the movie we're about to watch or do you yeah wanna... Uh, so hold on. I think I've told you about it uh, a little bit. So this, this is the one with uh, the whales, right? This is the one with the whales. Uh, it's I've called seen the Voyage this Home. one before, but I was a child. I was a boy, and I didn't and have any context for it. I didn't watch a lot of the Star Trek movies when I was a kid, 
I don't know if it was just when this one came out or it was easy for me, easier for me to connect with it uh, because it took place in, you know, contemporary day when the movie came out. But I really like latched on to this one and this became the, uh, the first like Star Trek movie that, uh, that I was really into that I watched multiple times. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, the actors are older obviously than they are in the TV show. Cause the movies didn't start till after the TV show went off the air. Uh, but yeah, I think you'll uh, I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> this is the best intro we've ever done. All right, let's go watch a movie. And we're back from outer <laughs> space. I just logged into Zoom to find you there with that <laughs> look upon your face. <laughs> Holy shit! I have not seen that movie in like it has to be thirty years, and. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> we got a lot to unpack here, man. Oh my um, god! Like on one level, it was just sort of a, like a very like goofy '80s action adventure kind of thing. Yeah, but like, it's... like in a lot of ways, it was like way more normal than I thought it would be. And then like in a, and then a lot of other ways, I was like, what is? What is this? The premise abides no scrutiny whatsoever. At all. Like, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. You want to, you want to lead the discussion? You want to get into, you want to do it? You want to do this point by point? I Um, I mean, because I have, because I have a point, I have a point that starts before the, before the, the, the studio placard even comes up. Hit it. Do it. Um, which this, this movie is dedicated to the crew of the challenger (laughs) (laughs) whose heroism will be remembered in the 23rd century and beyond. Mm. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're just going for it right out of the fucking gate. (laughs) Yeah. And I I mean, it, it, whatever makes sense. Like the challenger explosion was a big national national disaster. Yeah. And I think it, I think it had just happened and I actually don't mean to make light of that, but I I don't remember it either. I have a very distinct memory of it because my mom knew the teacher that was on board of the, on board the challenger. And it was the first time I'd seen my mom, uh, have emotions and they weren't like good they weren't the good. They weren't the good brand. Yeah, they're the of brand. emotions. Yeah. Sorry um, about all the noise I'm making. I'm gonna stop doing that now. Um, yeah, I do not remember the Challenger explosion at all. Um, but it does. Yeah, it sets a weird. I don't know. I think it. I guess it just sets the. It sets the movie in its time. Yeah, it sets the tone of 1988, everybody. And it sets the extremely, the other thing, rather, that sets the tone for the time is the extremely heavy-handed Save the Whales message of the entire (laughs) fucking movie. Yeah, I was, uh, I can't remember what, like, podcast this was on, but it was interesting. Somebody was talking about how, like, there wasn't really, like, an environmental movement till, like, the 90s. There was just sort of, like, a... There were people that were upset about the whales and there were people upset about the trees and there were people upset about the owls or whatever, but it like, it never really like, Dolphins. it took a, it took like a while for it to like synthesize into like, oh, like, like ecology is the thing we, we care about. Yeah. Not whales. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, it was it was it's very like time capsule like that because it's like they don't ever talk about how like oh these like primitive like they talk a lot about like the humans of the twenty of the twentieth century are primitive, which is like yeah, fair enough. Um, but they're they never frame it in like oh they're just destroying the fucking planet with extraction. <laughs> um, they're just like yeah, they killed whales for some reason. They must have liked killing whales. Uh, well, <laughs> so element, politically naive. <laughs> the other element uh, that stands out to me is that you know, like the the whole message of the film is this attempt to be extremely woke about let's not kill all of the whales. Um, but it's not. It's decidedly not woke on um, <laughs> keeping whales in captivity. <laughs> yeah 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 it's fact in fact the strongly the opposite of woke about keeping whales in activity and also also like it doesn't really make a moral argument for not killing the whales the argument is if you kill all the whales there might come a probe 300 years later that wants to talk to them and there won't be any of them to answer the phone so it'll blow up your planet which yeah. I'm not in favor of killing all the whales <laughs> at all. Let's make that absolutely clear. <laughs> Let me be clear. The official position of this podcast <laughs> is that you shouldn't kill all of the whales. Yes. Or all of the anything. Don't extinct animals or people. But if that's the best argument you can come up with for not doing it, I'm sorry, man. Like, you gotta dig deeper. <laughs> Oh my god. Um so <laughs> minor issue with this movie is just that uh there's a bunch there's all this setup at the beginning that tie has to tie direct I've never seen the previous movie, which is the search for Spock. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, do you do you know what the fuck was happening in the first act of this movie? Because no. I was just like, what? So I mean I, I got enough of it from context, but what I know happened is that in the second movie, The Wrath of Khan, at the end of it, Spock like sacrifices himself to save the crew. Um, and they right. kind of did a reverse of this in the new generation of Star Trek movies. Where they yeah, had, like, that was the same... one. That was the last one I watched. And then I was like, okay, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, and they um, flipped it so that Kirk was the one to sacrifice himself. And I can't remember how it actually worked out. In... I think he got resurrected via Tribble somehow. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that was the point where I'm like, okay, I'm out, J.J. Yeah. Abrams. Um, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Um, and I and I, I am on record as saying the first his the first reboot Star Trek was good. Agreed. Um, but hard downslide after that anyway so um then after that the search for spock is somehow he's not dead and they have to go find him and apparently right there's know, some kind of like resurrection yeah. thing with him and apparently um, in the course of doing that they killed some klingons or something and stole the Enterprise or they something. Stole the Enterprise and then stole a Klingon ship, which is really the only part that's relevant to this film. Right. Um, I do want to note that the Klingons are different again. Yeah, yeah. The They're not quite next generation Klingons, but they're definitely not original series Klingons. No, they're pretty close to next generation Klingons. They're much closer to that, yeah. 
Well, and because this movie came out after Next Generation had started. Oh, okay. I would, that was I what think, I was going to ask you. I think you. that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try and Google and talk at the same time. But um, My God, you're flying close to the sun. Yeah. So, anyway, th- I mean, the only thing that's uh, relevant to this one is that they have a, a Klingon ship, uh, which isn't even really... No, actually, it's 1986. Uh, so it's so it is next before. generation. So they did the redesign. So this before. is the redesign of the Klingon. Yeah. Either in this movie or the one before it. Yeah. Um, oh, God. I just realized that means we have to watch the one before this one. Yeah, we're going to have to. We, we can wait a while. I'm okay with yeah. waiting <laughs> a little while. I don't know. I mean, this one's funny. This one's it's good content (laughs) so the other thing that i realized uh after watching through this is that i see why i liked this movie so much when i was 10 yeah when you were a boy yeah Yeah. yep yeah it actually absolutely tracks uh (laughs) yeah so i'm looking at the google image result search results just for start the the third movie the search for spock and there's some klingons in here yeah it looks like the the read the klingon redesign uh must have been introduced in that movie uh which okay. came out in 1984 okay um or 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 maybe even one of the previous movies who knows uh, yeah maybe anyway there's I'm, no there's no way to find out nope i don't have the internet in front of my face um yep so uh yeah, the, the things that clearly uh, stood out to me uh, about this movie when I was 10 were the swears. <laughs> I mean, the swearing is very funny. <laughs> it's, like, it's actually, it's actually, like, pretty witty writing. Like, like Spock just clearly not knowing how to swear at all. And, yeah, Spock doesn't know anything. Yeah, it's very much... I really, I really prefer Spock doesn't know anything bits to Data doesn't know anything bits, um, because yeah. like a, like we've talked about before, like Spock has like a bit of an edge to him, um, um, where he's constantly saying "damn shit ass" or whatever. <laughs> like he he sort of means it. He just doesn't quite know how to use it right. Yeah, he whereas knows Data doing when to swear, he just doesn't right. know how to swear. Yeah, whereas Data doing it is just kind of like Data doesn't know. Data doesn't want to offend anybody ever. Yeah. Um, Spock absolutely does. So, uh, to 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 continue laying out the plot, there's a space obelisk that is broadcasting whale song, and the whale song makes all of the electricity not work and makes the oceans evaporate. Yeah, it's um, a problem. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, I did in uh, the whole like command center thing on Earth when they're freaking out because everything's going wrong. I did spot Luoxana Troy. <laughs> God damn it! So <laughs> Myel Barrett's in that scene. She's like really quick, but she's in the credits too. But yeah, I just noticed her. I was like, yay, she's in everything. Um, so yeah, the crew is headed back to Earth to take their lumps for whatever the fuck they did in the last movie. Yep. Um, and the, everything's bad on Earth. Uh, so Spock just has an idea on how to do time travel. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of established that they just know how to do it, and it's just hard, but not, like... Not that hard, though. Yeah, it didn't seem that hard, although they did go into, like, a weird claymation kind of dream. <laughs> that was very strange. <laughs> I really didn't like that very much. And it didn't come back on the way And it didn't come either. back at all! <laughs> so, travel to the past, things explode... And you see weird gray. Yeah, you have like hallucinations of like people like shapes and whale with, shapes. Yeah, like like people you know, but with all of the color and detail erased out of them. And they're like having. I mean, it's like a honestly, it's like a stress nightmare. Um, it also bore <laughs> some resemblance to like uh, early representations of virtual reality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, so then they fucking uh, go to Earth uh, in 1986. Um, they sure do. Yeah. They sure do. <laughs> they love, this movie loves very expertly and subtly working in reminders that the environment is important and pollution is a problem. Yeah. Because as soon as they arrive in 1986, <laughs> Spock is like, well, judging by the amount of pollution in the atmosphere, I think we're in the late 20th yeah, century. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Spock. Thanks, man. No other way you could have determined that. Uh, just, just check what's on TV. You could know what year it is. Yeah, you're able to pick up whale song. You can pick up, you know, Johnny Carson or something. Yeah. Three's Company. What was on in 1986? Three's Company is way too early for that. Is it? Right? I don't know. I, I don't like... know. I don't know why I went out on a limb on this. I don't know anything about No, I think TV you're right. Shows. I think both Johnny Carson and Three's Company were probably on air in 1986. And again, it's unfortunate that we don't have a way to find that out. Yep. Also, do not contact us because yeah. there's no way to contact us. Get either. at us on Twitter at shipfacts. No, at it's impossible. <laughs> Real like Neil at who is Jack Gunn. Um, yeah, so uh, they land and they decide to land. God damn it. They decide to land in Golden Gate Park, which I'm assuming they killed 20 junkies landing the ship there but also uh, uh and to your point there are people in golden gate park do you know what's literally right always the, do you know what's right on the other side of golden Gate bridge from san francisco what's that just yeah. a bunch of nothing yep there's just a bunch of yep. hillsides over there yep much better place to park the ship yep yep not in a park in yep. the middle of one of the most populated cities in America. Um, and yeah, so they unload. They all start walking around the city. We get the just that. I'm going to start using this from now on. Uh, uh, Kirk's first swear. <laughs> <laughs> when he only, almost, almost gets hit by a cab and the cabbie comes. Well, it's also like, like before... <laughs> the fact that he doesn't know to not walk into traffic like it's not like in the future there's not moving objects yeah like you still don't walk in front of a moving 
yeah. big heavy moving object. Like I'm sure that's still a rule in the year 2300. Yeah, it seems like that's it, right? not a problem they've they've solved. <laughs> I mean, more things are up in the air, but still, when there's a large thing, clearly visible. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, they wander into traffic um, because, boy, things sure are different in the past. And uh, the driver of the car calls him a dumbass. And Kirk says, a double dumbass on you, which is just an infinity level burn. Such Um, a good burn. (laughs) That guy died after that. Yeah. I can't wait to say, say double dumbass on somebody. Um, so they only introduce this plot element because I swear to God, the whole having to look for nuclear vessels is just because they needed to like fill out extra, like they needed another plot line. Yeah. They needed, you know? they needed something for everybody to do because it's an ensemble cast. So um, they need, they need like three storylines and yeah, that, so they need to find, a fission reactor and then use their energy sapping thing that they have laying around. Yeah. Your um proton high energy proton collector. Sure. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. Um I will say the this the the scene where where uh Uhura and, and fucking Chekhov like Chekhov keeps saying like we're looking for the nuclear vessels and is like and it's like sort of the run like we're running down the cold war at this point and like that was that was honest like again like the original series properties have like more genuine funny moments where it's like funny on purpose because that was actually like a very funny scene oh yeah no the idea of a russian man (laughs) Just asking around the streets of San Francisco in 1986, where do I find the nuclear vessels? That's yeah. fucking funny. Well, and also they did they did the idea in a funny way too, where like it went on for way too long. <laughs> the cop just kept staring at him, being like, "Come, come on, stop, stop it, <laughs> stop that, stop, don't stop, stop it, don't make me do what I, I don't want to do, right do the paper." I don't want to do the paperwork for whatever this is. <laughs> Can you please not make me deal with whatever you are? Yeah. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm, I am almost on break. Um, so we meet. Uh, we meet. Oh, oh, oh. Um, so they figure Kirk and, and Spock figure out where the whales are and they get on a bus and they have an altercation with a punk guy. Yeah, which classic eighties movie trope. I love classic eighties movie trope. Yep. Um, I did notice. Did you happen to listen to the lyrics of the song that he was blasting? No. It was some sort of anti-nuclear energy, like punk anthem. Oh, it was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because he said it says uh, something about uh, megatons, and so, I, I don't know. I yeah. didn't write it down. I just noted that it was definitely something about like nuclear energy or nuclear war. Interesting. Uh, no, it's so, like that's such. The environmental messaging in this movie is so fucking incoherent because, like, they're sort of appalled that people are using fission reactors, which 
was like a thing at at the time because of like Chernobyl had just happened and blah blah blah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, side note, I, I really think that like the anti nuclear movement actually probably advanced global warming quite a fucking bit, but you know, whatever. Um, but like, so, but like, we're meant to think of this punk guy as, as, uh, as bad and like, and reprehensible and we're, and like, like literally the, literally the bus full or the train car full of people cheers when Spock chokes him out, basically. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Very, very incomprehensible, um, environmental politics. It's like picking it apart for detail it's just a matter of like they decided they wanted to have this scene for whatever the fuck reason i guess for i don't know cultural color or whatever uh yeah there's really no reason to have that scene at all yeah it is fucking meaningless it does nothing but um yeah so we go to the whale prison um and we meet dr jill um this is gonna be sexist but i'm gonna say it anyway her nipples are like like full out in almost every scene that she's in. Really? I didn't actually notice that. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was going to be sexist. Never mind. Moving on. Um, no, I, I mean, I, that I'm surprised I didn't notice. Um, especially in I, that first scene, like she's giving a tour and it's just like, bing, bing. She's not very attractive. There you go. No, I'm the sexist one. There you go. It's the hair mostly. I think it's yeah, it's the, the that '80s hair is not. Good. It's rough. <laughs> it's it, it's never worked for me, man. Um, uh, so Sulu and uh, Bones and Scotty find their way into a uh, plastics. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, poly glass. What's the word I'm looking for? factory no i know it's factory but what do you call it? plexiglass is the fucking word i'm looking plexiglass. for some sort of a plexiglass factory that okay so so, so fucking confused so first of all they uh, it's it's i forgot that they were together um but they they were and and uh bones and scotty go inside and give the guy who's in charge of the plexiglass factory knowledge of the future um which that guy definitely turns into the elon musk of transparent aluminum Um, yeah except he actually invents something unlike elon musk Uh, well but he didn't scotty just gave it to him yeah it's still better than anything elon musk has done true um so but then we cut to a scene with sulu talking to a helicopter yeah i really i really wanted i really wanted to talk about this i'm Um, it there is a whole there is an entire other movie going on here that yeah, we barely Sulu's see off on his own because sulu goes and talks to a helicopter pilot and then the next time you see him he just has a helicopter and for the rest of the movie until they all get back together he's just doing helicopter stuff so here's the question <laughs> did he leave and go find a helicopter store and sweet talk his way into a helicopter with the $17 that Kirk gave him from selling his eyeglasses at the antique shop. Yeah, 
or, which one is more believable here? <laughs> or or does the plexiglass factory have its own helicopters? I'm gonna go with he stunned he he used his phaser on the helicopter pilot and took his helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's less. Fun. Ideally, he used the stun setting, but you know. Yeah, that's less. He fun, clearly just wanted likely. to fly a helicopter really badly, right? And- which again, it didn't. No one needed him to do that. The, that never oh wait actually it did come into it never mind it okay. did but there is no fucking reason they couldn't have transported those goddamn plates in <laughs> right the inconsistency and also they of didn't, how the they transporters didn't... are used in this fucking movie is infuriating well and and they didn't know that they even if you concede that they needed the helicopter to get the plates in they didn't know that they needed it at the time that he stole the helicopter Right. So we're back to he just wanted to steal a helicopter and do helicopter stuff. And honestly, that that makes more sense. Because in the first scene, he's like talking to a helicopter pilot and he's like, hey, I'm kind of interested in the There's no reason whatsoever to believe that he has ever flown a helicopter. But yeah, I know. I know. He says he says I used I flew these in training. It's like, no, you didn't. But it is absolutely <laughs> it is absolutely believable that he is just a guy who, you know, he's a space pilot, but he's a giant nerd and he nerds out about all sorts of old-timey flying shit. Yes, he absolutely has played helicopter simulator. Yes. That is that the my, me pouring my wine is extremely picking up on the mic, so that's good. That's there you go. That's a little behind the scenes on how the sausage is made. That's how we uh, make the magic. We drink. That's the magic mostly. is the sausage. <laughs> There's another t-shirt for you. The magic is the sausage. Hang on, I unplugged my headphones. I'm gonna keep talking. Um, so another thing that happened to me while watching this, because. <laughs> I thought that this movie was available to stream on Netflix and I was wrong. <laughs> and I ended up watching on something called popcornflix.com, which I don't <laughs> recommend, uh, which had, it was supposed to have commercials that I was watching like for an hour and didn't get a commercial. And then I had something weird going with my phone. And then all of a sudden I got two Amazon commercials back to back about how Amazon is doing a great job dealing with COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> uh, regular country i love i love living in a normal regular world where oh everything is good and works right everything is ridiculous <laughs> oh god damn dude <laughs> oh my god um well yeah. as long as we're talking about our ad experience um i got a Geico ad. Don't tell me it was that one. No, it wasn't. And do not bring up that guy. <laughs> I'm not talking about that guy. I'm not, we're not talking about that guy. It was a. It was a guy. Please stop talking about the guy. It was a different guy, and it starts off with a with a biker. And he and and he's 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 on his big ass cool Harley or whatever, and 
he's he's you know he's holding the bars and then like saying born to be wild but like one bar of it so they don't have to actually pay for the song and then it cuts to like a gender reveal party and everybody's like looking at him because he's been saying born to be wild but he's just a fat schlubby fucking asshole who has a gender reveal party and then he opens one hand and it, and it has a blue egg in it and it's like oh it's a boy and then it's like yeah, if you know you know Geico has insurance for motorcycles and it was like what the fuck is like there's so much wrong with this <laughs> what what I gotta get a different insurance company yeah me too actually <laughs> Geico has such bad their ads are yeah they're an, like they're anti-commercials like they actively make me hostile towards them okay so this has been our anti-ad read for this the episode. this episode not brought to you by geico motorcycle insurance and also amazon also not brought to you by amazon uh only brought to you by our shared mental illness and desire to talk to each other about star trek or just um, anything honestly the the crew is so bad at fitting in yes. that it is i mean it's deliberately comical yeah i mean yeah they they, they know what they're doing like yeah. the filmmakers know what they're doing um kirk gets a date with dr jill yeah, I mean the 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 most unbelievable part of this whole thing is that she is like, well, this guy who I have no reason to not believe is one of San Francisco's many 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 mentally ill vagrants. Um, He's I'm just gonna for a I'm just dude. gonna keep giving him the benefit of the doubt as this situation becomes more and more insane. Forever, take, take him out <laughs> for a pizza and a Michelob. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. my notes literally say you. remember Michelob this episode brought to you by Michelob <laughs> Michelob remember Michelob <laughs> I'm so glad we just came up with the same line <laughs> so they fucking go on a date um, and I don't know my, my notes are sparse because I've just Again, I, there's, I to there's almost the too much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. Speaking of that. So I am, I mean, not speaking of that at all, except for sparse notes, because I just started writing down random things I noticed. So the guy that uh, Scotty teaches how to make transparent aluminum. You remember that guy? Yeah. So he's wearing a giant red button on his lapel, like a big, like big round red button. Yeah. That says, I quit smoking. I did not notice that. What the fuck is, what the fuck is that? I think that's another, like, let's be better and not smoke yeah. cigarettes because they're bad. Yeah, no, I think, I, I honestly think there was like some kind of like government money going to Hollywood studios to just put those buttons on like tertiary characters in movies. Yeah, probably. It made me want to smoke cigarettes, which I've never done before, but... Let's fucking go do it. Go down to the corner store, get you a pack of Marlboros. Yeah. The cowboy cigarette, whatever. 
Imagine um, wearing a button to your work that said I quit smoking. I mean, Imagine wearing a button to your work, first of all. <laughs> am I am I working at Bogby's? Um <laughs> But in 1988, 1988, do like remember that 1988 was still a time when like smoking indoors in the workplace was a thing. Sure. Like smoking in offices and everything like it's crazy to me to think that because, you know, you and I as adults have never worked in a place, uh, you know, people our age who have worked in bars have worked in a place that have had smoking. That's it. Right. I mean, I've, I've worked in, I worked in grocery stores back in the day that had smoking rooms. Yeah. And, but that was, it was just like one horrifically nicotine stained room. Yeah. And like I've worked in restaurants where like the staff would, you know, smoke in the restaurant after hours or something like that. Yeah. But for the most part, nobody in our age range has worked in like an actual, you know, officially sanctioned smoking workplace. And the eighties no. was fucking wild, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, Uhura and Chekhov go to steal the neutrons or whatever. Uh, and, and yep. Chekhov gets caught and we get another just fucking hilarious scene. Yeah. Interrogation scene with him. It's yeah, just fucking just funny. Fun slapstick, man. Like, the, yeah, yeah. There's, there's just good slapstick in, apparently, the original series in the movies. There's good slapstick that just is completely absent from the next generation. Yeah, and unfortunately, <coughs> and it's not on screen, but unfortunately, what apparently happens after that is Chekhov gets his fucking brains beat in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he falls he falls off the edge of the ship and then and then they're like, Well, he's probably gonna die and you're like, Jesus Christ, like yeah. that's not how slapstick scenes are supposed to end. Yeah. Like he is very badly injured and they have to go save him at the hospital. <laughs> when they're going when they're searching for him in the hospital. I didn't I didn't rewind to confirm that this is what I heard, but what I'm pretty sure I heard was an overhead page in the hospital paging Dr. Ben Dover. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I choose to believe. I choose to believe that's true. Uh, Bones gives a lady a pill that makes her regrow a kidney. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Dope. Which fine they may have those in the future why does he have them on him for the whale rescue mission internet it's before the internet internet it's before the internet internet i just want to point out that like when i kept saying the internet it actually made sense as an answer for the thing you were objecting to and now you just do it whenever you don't have (laughs) yes yes that's the bit yes yeah i don't like it (laughs) so they go in they fucking save Chekhov and we get another just great slapstick escape scene it's fucking hilarious (laughs) yeah but that whole fucking thing is another (coughs) example of god damn it you have transporters 
Right, because like they eventually they end up just transporting away anyway, and it's like just what? What you were waiting until you had privacy to use the transporters? <sighs> yeah, that way no one will know anything suspect is going on. Yeah. Everybody will be like, well, everything seemed on the up and up. Yeah. This guy melted the door handle and then ran out of the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no reason to look into that further. Um, as long as we didn't see him disappear in front of our very eyes, it's probably fine. So this has happened, I think, maybe once or twice in other stuff that we've watched. But it happens again. They get back to the ship. And uh, Kirk is trying to leave Dr. Jill behind. And then, like, as he's mid-transport, uh, she jumps on him and gets transported onto the ship. Right. That should really result in, like, a Brundlefly situation. <laughs> yeah, it'd make a much better movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, if that ever happened, the resulting thing on the other end should just be a horrible, misformed four-armed monster that wants to be killed all right well you're rooting for people to turn into horrible monsters that want to die i mean i'm just rooting for realism man yeah that's what they say (laughs) (laughs) um so the whales have uh been taken away before and now it's a big thing to go fly up to Alaska to get them because they can't transport the whales from, from... just Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yep. They can't but just go into moment. orbit and transport them up from the planet's surface to orbit yeah. like they do all the time. All, literally, that's... Every episode of the show, probably. The, the overwhelming majority of transporter usage yeah um but they get up there and they find the whales and kirk's like put it on the screen and jill is like what you can just see it on this that's the thing that's amazing to her yes that's where she's drawn the line (laughs) she just got teleported twice (laughs) (laughs) but they managed to put the whales on the screen and they have a camera my god (laughs) mind blown yeah yeah, I didn't catch um, that, but you're right. That's stupid. Yeah. Uh, and so, of course, we catch up with the whales uh, who, despite having just been dropped in the ocean like f- five minutes ago, are about to... Yeah, a whaler has already found them because in this world, the seas are so thick with whalers that they're bumping into each other like bumper cars. <laughs> yeah. They're about to be whaled. Um God. <laughs> so they they transport the I, I i mean you gotta love the uh the shot so they try to shoot the harpoon and it hits the ship and then the ship decloaks uh and the ship is immediately like what the fuck and they start spinning spinning the big ship wheel yeah so much and it goes on for way too long a lot and the and like the extras, or I guess actors, if you want to call them that, that they use for this, not doing a great job of selling it. Um, <laughs> they're like they they really look like somebody told them, "Hey, look like you're panicked about some non-specific thing," and turn the wheel. 
And that's how much direction they got. And they I've linger never, on them for a fucking while. I've never been a sailor. So I don't know how the giant ship wheel thing works. But I've driven cars. And they have a limit to how far you can turn the wheel. So I, I actually have been a sailor. and Oh, good. Um, so you actually, when you're turning the wheel, you're actually boosting your power meter. Um, and you want to get your power meter up into like the overcharge area. And then you press A to release the power. And that does the special move? Yeah. And okay. that's what they were trying to do in that scene. So They were trying to do the special move. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense then. That's yeah, all, it actually that's made a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they beam the whales and the water into the ship into a space that is clearly not big enough. Yeah, no. For two whales. Nope. Whales and are also, very large, everybody. How are those whales going to breathe in there? the internet yeah i i had a feeling you were gonna say that <laughs> hoist um, by your own petard bitch <laughs> yep hoist by my own petard um they get back to the future um you know kirk of course gets to be the one to do the final releasing of the clamp or whatever yeah yeah there's a really pointless heroic moment where he swims for a little bit you fucking know that that was uh that that was him being like i need to be the like that was one million yeah contract. one million percent like i need to do some sort of athletic heroism um i'm glad you said athletic heroism because <laughs> i think the real hero in that scene is William Shatner's hairpiece. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really impressive that that hairpiece managed to stay on his head and look pretty much like actual hair while he was swimming through that. Yeah, scene. It is the grip of a master climber. God damn. We didn't even talk about Spock's swimming scene earlier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so much to unpack in this movie. Um, <laughs> So I just want to I so I want to fast forward like one minute from Kirk's heroic swimming scene to when the whales actually get out, mm -hmm. and then the beak the probe thing that has never been explained the provenance of this thing is never explained in the entire movie. Nope. It is powerful enough to destroy civilization, destroy an entire planet. It is never explained what it is, where it comes from. Other than... Or where it's going and what it's going to do next. Yeah, what it wants... All it wants is to talk to whales <coughs> for a little while. Because the whales come out and they, like... So the climax of the movie is a cut back and forth between a shitty shot of a whale swimming and then... A, like black probe thing in space and both of them making like whale song like noises for a long time back and forth and i'm not sure what i'm supposed to take away from that 
I have an idea. Okay, I'm all ears. <laughs> I would like to talk about what that conversation was. Yeah, good. well, yeah, because I was wondering what that conversation could possibly be, and I had some ideas, but none of them are... They're all pretty dark. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are not that dark. It's just, So, what we know is that the last time that this probe visited Earth and talked to whales was presumably well before, you know, modern human civilization. Oh, okay. Are you, are you assuming that this probe has been to Earth before? And that's why oh, I was yeah, trying to talk... Did they yeah, actually? That's, that's stated. Oh, is that stated? Okay, I, I yeah. might have missed that part then. I mean, I think I think it's stated. It certainly felt like it was heavily implied, anyway. Um, and so this probe just goes around to different planets and makes contact with intelligent life that it can find, which does kind of track because if it's three thousand years ago. Um, if there was whale song in the ocean, that might have been easier to detect from orbit than yeah, than like from humans. Yeah, like desert tribes singing songs to each other or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that yeah. tracks. Yeah. 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 Whale song would be more more resonant. Okay, um, so, but all that it seems to do is say hi. So the whales come out. These two whales. I've never had a conversation with this. Yeah, they don't know what this is. Obelisk. Yeah. So they've just been beamed out of the ocean into a small tank and then <laughs> escaped that small tank into what is sort of the same ocean. Um, and they are suddenly getting text messages uh, from somebody they don't know. Unknown number. Right. And those messages are probably something like, hey, y'all, y'all good? Yeah. Everybody good down there? And the whales are like, dude, I don't, I don't know. I've had a very strange day. Um, honestly, <coughs> it's been fucked up. First of all, uh, we got put into one box and then they let us back out. And then we got put into another box and then something very confusing and upsetting happened. I and then we, we got out of that box. traveled? I, if whales understand time travel, sure. I don't, <laughs> yeah, sure. Whales can understand time travel. Fine. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> fucking obelisk is just like, okay, bye. <laughs> I love the like I love the conception of the obelisk is like it's a thing that says hi and it's like won't stop saying hi until like it it basically like knocks on your door and then like just won't stop knocking on your door till your house is falling down. <laughs> it's like a four year old child tugging on his mother's arm, like Mom, mom, mom. Right, but mom, with the strength mom. of the incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, God which damn it. makes as much sense as the rest of this fucking movie. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it, j- gibberish. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's all it's great. It wanted to talk great. to whales so goddamn badly that, uh, like what would what would the probe have done if it got to Earth four thousand years ago and there weren't whales? Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, because it is like, okay, I want to talk to the guys I talked to before, and I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it so fucking hard that yeah that if they're not there, it's gonna blow the whole place up. Um, doesn't seem like a great probe method. Um, it's a bad way to make friends. Yeah, it's a bad way to make friends. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm assuming like when it came there before, it tried different ways to talk to things. I don't know. Or like whale songs were louder. Like whale songs were like the loudest thing it could pick up on. So it was like, oh, cool, whale songs. And then it was like, hi. And the whales were like, what's up? Hello. And then it was like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the conversation 4,000 years yeah. ago? <laughs> Hey, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Eating shrimp? It's swimming. What's up with you? What are you doing? Nothing. I'm going to take off. See you later. <laughs> um, so finally, thank God, we get to get back to that bullshit from the beginning. Yeah, thank God we get to see how the court proceedings turned out because that's what I was worried about. This I'm whole really time. glad. Uh, Jill got a sweet new future outfit. And I will say, I found her 80s hair way better in the weird future outfit than I did in her 80s clothes. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the entire crew is found guilty of multiple crimes. But then the court's like, no big deal, you brought whales. Yep. Let that be a lesson to everybody. We're cool. Whales, will, all... whale, bringing whales will get you out of like misdemeanors and and light felonies. That is a that's an you official all... official promise from uh, Star Trek sucks legal uh, <laughs> office. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you if you're in trouble with the law, steal a couple whales. Y'all committed treason. Here's a spaceship. <laughs> nice yep. shiny and then spaceship. they yeah, and then they get the Enterprise back, baby. Yep. And that's that's it. Alright, so as we move into the end of the episode, unless you have anything else. No. Um I've decided that I'm going to find a moral in all of these things. Yes. What is the moral of this film, Jack? So the moral of this film is Try not to kill all the whales because 300 years from now, a thing might come from space trying to contact them so violently that it blows up your planet. I would like to also give a moral. Is it better than mine? I'll let you be the judge of that. <laughs> My moral for this film is steal whales. <laughs> ABSW always be stealing whales. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a T-shirt. God, yep. we got to start a T-shirt shop for all of our That's fans. It. That's it, listeners. <laughs> always steal whales and watch out for holes. Oh shit! Watch out for holes hasn't aired yet. Oh well, <laughs> you'll hear it next week or something. Yeah, I mean, do watch out for holes, please. We care about you. 